You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. I'm Oz Davis. I'm the co-host for your show. And as one tweet put it this week, anyone who's complaining about the CFL wasn't watching the games this week. Joining me to affirm this position is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how was it going? It sure was a great week of games, wasn't it? (laughs) Well... Yeah, I'm going to talk about this in a bit. I don't want to complain or anything. I mean, it, everything was very suspenseful. It was interesting. Um, some neat things happened. We had some nice star performances. But I, th- I, I, I think that the prevailing take is wrong on a couple of these games. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. How would uh, you tell? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And I'm also extremely, extremely angry with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So they, they've ruined my life this weekend. So I'm going to discuss that in a little bit when we get to that particular game. Joe, are you ready to go? Oh, I'm sure I am. Okay. Well, we'll talk about the particulars of Joe's eventful trip to Canada in more ways than one a bit later on this show. But for now, let's talk last week's games. Uh, interesting week. Now, one of the odder i guess characteristics of this week as compared to the rest of the season so far is that crazily enough two eastern teams won this week of course two eastern teams were playing each other so that helped a little bit but the week started of course with montreal alouettes 40 auto red blacks 33 now last week we both picked the underdog red blacks and so, of course, I bet them. And, and I just wanted to say straight up that this is not an adventures in, in gambling, but betting against your team can actually be a pretty good idea, especially if you have a marginal team like this, like the Montreal Alouettes, because it's a win-win scenario, right? So not a bad idea. Just don't bet too much. As, as I always say, please gamble responsibly. Now, Joe, I think if you told us last week that the Red Blacks would have scored 33 in this game, we probably would have taken them to win, right? I would have felt pretty good about that. I mean, yeah, exactly. not a guarantee. I mean, Montreal can put up points, but, but 33 40? points? Wow. 33 wow. points? I would have felt pretty comfortable with that, yes. Yeah, 33 points. I might have been good. You might have talked me into betting that under for the game. Uh, these have not been two of the higher scoring teams in the league this year, but Trevor Harris, one of the best games I've seen him play, really, uh, named one of the top performers of the week, went 25 of 31 for 341 yards and two touchdowns. Almost a flawless game. And uh, just to start things off, Joe, to temper expectations a bit for myself and for any other fans. How much of this was because, I mean, the truth is the Red Blacks don't have much of a pass rush. I mean, yeah, they had two sacks in this game, both in the first quarter. Um, I mean, how much of this was just giving giving him enough time? Yeah, you give Trevor Harris time and he's going to pick you apart. Sure. Okay. So, but, so we And most good CFL quarterbacks are going to, but 
that is something that if you don't get pressure on Trevor Harris, he's going to kill you. It's going to, he's going to pick at you and pick at you and pick at you. And one of his receivers is going to blow one open. I mean, he's not going to throw it 80 yards in the air on a rope or anything silly like that, but he's good enough and veteran enough that he's going to make the throws he needs to make. And he's got enough talent at the receiver core to have somebody break one too. If only we had a run game. <laughs> uh, Jayshon Antwi pulled off one good one, but other than that, he was 6 of 24. Uh, and <laughs> other than that, uh, the, only, the, the major ball carrier was uh, Dominique Davis at, with six carries for six yards. So, yeah, we've got no run game in Montreal. So can we take anything forward here can we take henry mayala's game as a plus i mean i took it as a plus that won me a fantasy matchup <laughs> yeah Hergy for gr- the win <laughs> i'm gonna grouse about fantasy later too i'm just happy on this note on this tangent i just want to say i'm happy that you're representing the rouge white and blue well in the canadian football podcast network uh cfl daily fantasy football league because i'm not doing squat and again, i love how you listed yourself as rwbjv that's right, because I am the friggin' JV squad. I should be in the second division. Uh, it's, we don't have a second division, but me and Rod, I think, should be in the second division. Uh, the uh, Wow, I'm also blaming my fantasy misfortunes on the Riders, too, this week, though. In any case, I'll, again, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. So, I don't know. So, I guess, I mean, it's good to get a division win, and this is again something else I can talk about a bit later on, but I don't know. I just I hate to 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 have a forty point win like our other win this season and and be kind of negative about it. But geez, if one thing if one thing I've learned about the Alouettes this season is temper expectations because the next next week will probably be a heartbreaking loss. Uh, wow, this fourth quarter was a roller coaster. Were you watching this game live? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. This, one, this one was fun to watch until about two minutes left. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, the first 13 minutes of the fourth quarter, were, Jesus, nail biter. Uh, if you had a pony in this race, uh, the nice fumble recovery returned 68 yards. The Owls score on the next play. The Red Blacks answer that with a score. Owls do nothing. Red Blacks have the ball again. And then, and then oh, my God. The Montreal fans saw the wheels come off again. This looked like, again, I thought that I was going to cash my bet. I thought is this was going to be 40-40 going to OT. I was trying to remember if it was your smart-ass comment saying that this game could be a tie. But I think that was the game like the week previous uh, that you made that remark. That sounds uh, like me, yes. You know, I was just, I was just basically, <laughs> it's just basically like running through the gamut of emotions, right? I mean, even... Caleb Evans, like after the pass interference, Caleb Evans completed four in a row for like 50 yards more, and then had an incompletion, then converted on a third and four. And I mean, at that point, I was just like, it's over, you know, but we did knuckle down. Thank God. No lead. Thank God. The lead was safe. 
this week. Uh, I also wanted to say this, this is continuing to be a concern. You know, Kari Jones was shown the door based on the fact that, quote, he wasn't running a disciplined team. Well, this game, eight penalties for 108 yards, including that heart attack inducing pass interference call. Previous game, 13 for 193 in the nightmare pass interference game. But still, still, guys, come on. Noel Thorpe, where is our defense? What is happening here? Has Thorpe just lost the edge or what, Joe? Well, it's really hard to come in with your own ideas into a situation where they spent the whole offseason implementing somebody else's and building the roster based on somebody else's ideas. So I wouldn't expect miracles from the defense overnight. Okay, Uh, fair enough. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Nick Arbuckle. How'd you like this, huh? In, in the second quarter, this random second and one, they throw him in there, trick play, 47-yard pass to uh, to Jalen Ackland, who's just ripping it up this season. I mean, did you did you have him this week in fantasy? I think I might have. I yeah. either had him this week or the week before. You probably he's not, he's not a because... frequent occurrence because of his price, but... Every so often, yeah. you know, if I have a little bit of extra, I'll go upgrade one of my receiver positions. And he was def- definitely worth the money this week. Uh, but yeah, that play was the uh, Chris Trevler special. That's the one that uh, Paul Lopolis like to call a lot on second and one in Winnipeg for the past. Well, before he became Ottawa head coach for the like three or four years before that. So my thought on this was like, here's our buckle. Now he has a perfect quarterback rating. He's got a perfect uh, completion percentage. I think it's time to trade him. Yeah. Max, Max okay. is value out, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's got, he's got a few more stops before he can make the uh, Kevin Glenn claim. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm thinking Hamilton. Yeah. Hamilton might be desperate enough at this point. Uh, now last week, uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on this last week. You thought it was red blacks time this week. Um, what did you take away from this game? That this year might not be Roblox time at all. I mean, they'll win a couple games, but nope. They brought in a lot of talent and they just can't put it all together. Week seven was a big watershed week for the East uh, for reasons, again, that I will talk about at about the halfway point of the show but yes joe you're probably right um wow just really unbelievable um how until this game just how little offense they had been showing finally get some offense and it just wasn't enough you know i guess i mean again like we've been we've been playing wait and see on the red blacks and some other teams that have been you know constantly against the west but geez, you know, maybe their defense hasn't been especially great. You know, maybe they've just been a wait and see kind of defense and uh, they waited too long on this offense. So I don't know. I can't have too much confidence as an Ottawa fan and the mathematics are in fact against them folks. Sorry, more bad news for another Eastern team, BC line 17 Hamilton tiger cats 12. Now. Okay. First off, Joe, I want to say this. You urged me, I think, before this game, not to go to sleep on the 2022 Hamilton Tiger Cats. Well, I got to tell you, I'm going to sleep on them now. 
Okay. I'm going to sleep, man. I'm narcoleptic. That's it with the tiger cats. That that's it really. Now for me, this is kind of the thing I was talking about at the top, uh, at the top of the show. Now the take on this game, I mean, the league and the fans, you know, I can understand they want to play this as a defensive struggle, but I don't know, you know, I mean, Addison Dunbar, went for a combined 166 and then lucky whitehead on the other side for BC at 111 yards, a TD each on both sides. I mean, neither team could run the ball much, but neither of these is a running team anyway. I, I don't know what I, I saw. I saw some panic decisions. I saw some weird coaching moves. I saw some gunslinging from Rourke on a couple i mean a real couple of bad picks and again like the red blacks the tiger cats all year have not been bringing a big pass rush this game one sack and you know only when you know rook ran out of time um i don't know was this to you a great defensive game no not really it was just two mediocre teams being mediocre Yeah, I thought that, yeah, I I just thought that neither team really got up for this game. It was kind of an abstract thing. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of empty seats as well. Uh, But yeah, I just kind of felt that this was just kind of a blah, low energy game that, well, (laughs) fairly representative of the Tiger Cats, but I don't think too representative of the Lions. Coming off the bye, it was kind of weird. Kind of weird that they came out so flat. Um, All right, not much to say about that one, except that the Tiger Cats are now in real trouble. Uh, Okay, so here comes the part of the show that's become the the weekly weekly, weekly ritual here at the Rouge, White, and Blue. And so it is time to gush about how the Bombers look so good. Now, see, this was another one. The the, the official site, CFL.ca, right up there, you know, Describe this as the Bombers winning ugly. Really? I would I would agree with that. It, for, really? three quor- wow. for three quarters, Edmonton controlled the action. Edmonton wasn't scoring touchdowns, but if Edmonton was scoring touchdowns, this is a completely different story. But then in the fourth quarter, Winnipeg's offense finally just decided, okay, it's time to play the game. We've we've been on the field for eleven minutes in like the first forty-five. So Got another 11 in us in the fourth quarter. Let's go. Right. That was the thing. Edmonton made one crucial mistake on the, uh, they ran in, they ran into Mark Leggio, extended the drive and Winnipeg took full advantage. It's just the type of penalty you cannot make against Winnipeg because they will punish your mistakes, especially when they're, especially when you give them a second chance, a free first down. Hell yes. Hell yes. You if this is that. for an offense that spent right. most of the, fir- the first 45 minutes of this game, like begging for one. Yeah. They had a couple yeah, of see, big plays and that's it. Okay. I'm surprised that, that you, that you took it that way because, okay. First of all, for, for first off, I mean, they had the interception on the first drive. They score on their first offense on the Elks first drive. They score on their first offensive play. Bam, bam, they're already up. Dude, they could have coasted the rest of the way. 
if this would have been the Riders, they might have lost 30 to 10. You know, I mean, so for me, that was great. I also thought that it was great that you say that the, the Elks just weren't scoring. But Jesus, in the third quarter, <laughs> the Bombers had the ball for two minutes, three seconds. I went back mm-hmm. and counted it today. Two minutes and three seconds. But the Elks only scored four. Come on. That says something. Yeah. Edmonton and I mean, was able to put together long, long drives against this Winnipeg yeah, defense. But they, yeah, but they, but they couldn't, couldn't put it finish. In. That's right. That's right. I don't know. I would, I would, I don't know, especially as a Bombers fan, I'd, I'd pat the backs of the Bombers rather than denigrate the Elks here. I mean, there's just no, too it, much, it, too much. It, people, there were a few whispers of this might be a trap game. This might be a trap game. Right. But this Winnipeg club is too much of a veteran team to fall for that kind of a thing. Right. It was a struggle. They didn't play their best game. They played probably their BC game. But they ended oh, up yeah. handily on the scoreboard. Yeah. It wasn't awesome, but geez, they did enough. I mean, again, like <laughs> you know, Caleros on his first drive goes one for one and a touchdown. I mean, it was pretty tough to beat that. You know, I mean, <laughs> that was, he wasn't even, I mean, what's his name? Wasn't even as good, right? Uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Nick Arbuckle wasn't even as good as that, right? So there you go. That, that's pretty good. Now, on the Edmonton side, <laughs> the the Elks were actually booed at points in this game. Um, Joe, you you had the tweet of the week. I think this elicited some boos during the game, but yeah, I gotta I gotta give this to you, Joe. Uh, you tweeted, Commonwealth played courage over the speakers, but Chris Jones didn't listen and had his team kneel out the half. You got to, you got, you, you deserved way more than six or seven likes for that. I've got to say. Just one so of those, good... one of those that was just like, oh, yeah, was... I thought it was better than that, but what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was one of those, it was one of those timing things, right? Really excellently times. But uh, the fans were not pleased. Look, the truth is that Edmonton has never won at home as the Elks. They haven't won under any identity since week 18 of 2019, October 12th. Now, my question for you, Joe, is the next home games are Saskatchewan, Ottawa, and Calgary. Both Ottawa and Calgary are the back ends of a, of a home and home. All right. Do they win any of those? Oh, yeah. They do. Ottawa? Yeah. They might even beat Saskatchewan at this Saskatchewan, point. Saskatchewan, yeah. Okay. It just depends I, on how beat up Saskatchewan stays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, that's in two weeks, though. That's mm-hmm. in two weeks. So, Fajardo, who we'll talk about momentarily, but I don't think he's going to play next week either. Uh, he, he'll probably be back. So, uh, in any case, okay. So, uh, next game, last game. <laughs> Here we go. Toronto Argonauts 31 at Saskatchewan Rough Riders 21. Now, okay. Okay, I'm pissed off at the world because of the riders, man. I really am. Okay, so first off, my personal week from hell, uh, Oz versus the riders. Okay, first week, for, to start off the week, they have a COVID outbreak, right? Which, you know, really, you know, I thought and most people thought was a thing of the past, right? I mean, not necessarily COVID or COVID outbreaks, but COVID outbreaks among North American sports teams. I mean, we haven't seen this in a while, right? Not even in Major League Baseball. 
right? It's just not happening. Canada is still keeping to the to the vaccine rule as well. So, you know, they're not getting any Americans unvaccinated. Okay. So first off, there's that. So based on what we talked about on the show last week, I went out almost immediately after the show and I had bet on the Argos as odds on underdogs as something like plus 125 to win outright, right? Okay. And two, figuring on some fireworks in this game, I had on my fantasy team, Bethel Thompson. I had Andrew Harris. God damn it. And, and okay, Schaefer Baker, who I admit had <laughs> a ridiculously bad game, horrible game. Okay, I admit that, but still, but still, still. So the league announces the game is, is being, you know, canceled, postponed. They were kind of vague about it, I thought. So within like 12 hours of the announcement, the sports book refunds my money. So I figure, okay, that's a dead giveaway. They're not going to play this game, right? So I changed my freaking fantasy lineup. <laughs> you know, the upshot is I don't win my bet. My fantasy team is the worst in the league. I get like 47 points because I don't have all my Argos and Riders. And I lose to maybe the most visible fan of the Riders in more ways than one, Travis Curra in the fantasy league. Now, this is... Bullshit. Screw the riders for the rest of the season. I hate them. I hope them and the Ticats both miss the playoffs, although I don't think that's possible. Right? That's it. That's it. End of rant. Joe, I'm finally in your corner on this one. God. So damn I'm going to have to say more nice things about the riders because you're not going to say any nice <laughs> things about them for the rest of the year. Oh, boy. Uh, do I get a raise for this? Nah. <laughs> I'm not going to hold a grudge. The thing about the thing about betting is you can't like you can't take this stuff personally. You can't believe in in in, in you know just uh, you know hexes and whatnot. You can't believe in that stuff. So no, I probably won't. But this really jerked my chain. How the hell do you have a COVID outbreak in Canada in 2022? You know, seriously, that's like there's some irresponsibility going on. And sure enough, they lost. So anyway, um, I wanted to ask you, Joe, not speaking of the Riders, statement game for the Argonauts? That statement is, yes, we're good enough to win when we play our D game. That's pretty much what they did. <laughs> you think? Yeah. They wow. were not good for most of the game. They made a few tactical errors the 61-yard field goal, the rush challenge. It was a game where if they would have settled down, played their game, and not make the huge mistakes, Saskatchewan, with their depleted lineup, with all the injuries and the illnesses they had going on, they're on their third-string quarterback in this game. So don't give them reason to hope. Don't keep them in the game. Don't get to the fourth quarter and like have to score a bunch of points to put the game away. Just play your game and don't make us don't make the critical errors. And you've got this going away. Instead, they finally put it away. Very, very late. Uh, the field goal to go or the touchdown at the end to put it away was off of uh, the Mario Alford trying to make another huge play. Yep. Uh, overplaying his hand this time and fumbling the ball away and losing the game. But 
I know a lot of people have been on Alfred for this, for running around and dancing around and burning a whole bunch of clock. But does anybody really think that uh, Dolagala was going to move down the field far enough for a field goal attempt? He really hadn't shown much at that point. I don't really see why there was a, you know, I could see where Alfred was coming from. Like he thought he had to make the play. Otherwise nobody else was gonna. Mm-hmm. So. Right. That's exactly cl- clearly you don't want to run backwards on a kick return. Don't want to go side to side, trying to find a hole. It's not really part of what makes it work, but I could at least understand where he was coming from on it. Okay. So of course there's this element of luck, but is it, there's something to be said for the cumulative effect of Andrew Harris. I mean, the guy has 189 yards and perhaps more importantly, you know, like 31 touches. That's I mean, the most I mean, he ever he's ever had, I believe, which is more than any game he played in Winnipeg, BC, what have you. Well, 26 carries, five catches. Right. So, right. so 31 touches. So yeah, yeah. He had the ball so, a lot. 189 yards. And that, and that was the thing. I mean, that was what he used to do in Winnipeg, especially in the early part of this run that they're on right now is just where the defense is down. I mean, again, his long is 19. Yeah. And that includes his he catches. Did, he, he did He's where, just he banging did. him. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to have that they, on first down. They settled down and stopped making dumb mistake in, in the fourth quarter and just said, here, Andrew, you go win. Yeah. Now, it'd be nice if they could get him a helmet that fit. <laughs> I don't know if they have budget constraints or what have you, but uh, clearly he did the job in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Saskatchewan's defense played a whale of a game, all things considered, and they just couldn't they couldn't keep it. They couldn't finish because they had been asked to do too much. Well, yeah, if, if they had had a deep enough bench, I mean, that might have made up for the stamina, the, the erosive effect of a Harris. You know, just this bruising back, just hitting you over and over and over again. But that was the thing, right? COVID, right? COVID killed him. COVID took 10 guys off his roster. And so, you know, all of a sudden now your second string is your third string and they're just not ready to play. So, you know, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that and maybe should have asked for a, you know, postponement until week 21 or whatever, you know, or do one of those weird, you know, Tuesday night games or whatever at some point later in the season, but so uh, what do you think? What do you think? Will we see this Harris for the rest of the season now? Is he warmed up? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, at the age he's at, I wonder if he's got enough in him to keep having performances like this, or if he's going to wear down himself for the course of the season. Hasn't given me a whole lot of reason to disbelieve at this point, although he was injured quite a bit last season. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, we'll see how he holds up. As long as he holds up, though, they have a potent run game. We might see the first time management in uh, the CFL. He might just try and do some time management at the end of the season. You know, when they're playing Western teams and they don't have to worry about those games. They have a run of three games against the West uh, late in the season. So, uh, Okay. We're going to talk about next week's games, but first, uh, I'm going to live vicariously through Joe, uh, who is checking off the last two contemporary stadiums in the CFL. Uh, the last two current CFL cities. Current I, CFL haven't been, I haven't been cities. to the new Saskatchewan stadium. Otherwise, right, right. otherwise, every I've been to every 
contemporary stadium. Yes, now that I think about it. I mean, I really got the ball rolling in 2015. I only been to a couple of places before that, but there hasn't been a whole lot of new in the past, you know, five years or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I started so- right after the whole wave of new stadiums came in, except for Saskatchewan. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so yeah, that would be oh wow. You get wow, you're gonna go see Winnipeg at Montreal. Do you have yeah. any sort of do you have any sort of jinx thing about that? Do you have any sort of like like is there any like every time you go to see Montreal in person they win or anything like that? I don't know if I've seen Montreal in person. <laughs> Likely not. Because I've been to a lot of great cups like, right. starting in uh, 2006. No, I have. The second CFL game I ever saw was the 2006 Grey Cup. Oh, nice. And I mean, live. So, yes, I have seen Montreal. I mean, nice. like a generation ago, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Rub it in. The, that was the about good, the good Montreal. Yeah, that was about 13 <laughs> quarterbacks ago. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Okay. So, but that's not this coming week. That's the week after. We're just right. covering this coming covering. week. We're, ta- we're talking these games. I'll right. be at home on. And my okay. chair watching and enjoying and then the week after that you have a okay. guest host right because i'm on the road and you'll be in montreal now you're leaving on like monday right tuesday oh tuesday okay yes. so you got like one day to blow in montreal uh so i'm getting we're getting in late tuesday we've got a right. restaurant picked out assuming that travels relatively normal right, right and if not and if not we're downtown there's something going to be open so oh yeah oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so then wednesday is just the completely blow nice. blow time in montreal nice. day Great. and then we got another half a day after that before the game oh yeah okay because the game's on thursdays night game 7 30 yep. start. starts at 7 30 yeah mm-hmm. yeah great so i'll have okay. time before that yes so wow! So then, what you hop in the morning to to Ottawa? Hop yeah, a bus hop, or hop on a hop on a train at about yep. eleven o'clock and go and get to nice. Ottawa just about in time for my hotel to be ready. And then by the time we get there, freshen up, what have you? It's game time in Ottawa the next night, uh, Calgary in Ottawa. And then, what time do you have to return to real life? I have another day in Ottawa after that. Cool. All right. So well I mean, planned. I wasn't just going to hop yeah. to Ottawa and then get out before seeing some of Ottawa. Well planned. Well done. Great. Really, I should have added another day on both sides, but there's only so much you can do sometimes. And it also gives me an excuse to go back to Montreal and an excuse to go back to Ottawa. So that's even better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'll want to go back to Montreal. Now. Montreal is awesome. Great, city, oh, yeah. great city. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time, not the last, not the only time. Right, right, right. Yep. Let's hope <laughs> until COVID twenty. At um, least, they're, well, that's why I'm doing. I'm shoving the back to back in there. I could have just yeah. planned on Montreal. Hope for Ottawa next year in case yeah. you know the world didn't end or anything. Yeah, right. But that's right. exactly what happened to me in 2020. Is I had Montreal planned, and the world came to that. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm not blowing my chance. Mont- Winnipeg's in Montreal, and literally the next day I can finish this. So let's just do it. Well done, well done. Don't forget my Montreal ball cap. Man. I want my uh, I want my Al's cap um, with the new logo. 
Right. So before we start this, I, uh, I said last week that I asked Job if he happened to know what the effects of Ottawa, of Toronto specifically, because they have so damn many games remaining against the East, how their winning for the rest of the season affects the rest of the teams in the East. Well, there's some very interesting things going on since Hamilton and Ottawa have dug themselves such huge holes. And we've got this bizarre schedule going on. Have, do you realize what's happening with the Toronto schedule, Joe? Like four out of five of their next games are like Toronto Hamilton or something like that. Like August, yeah, it's four August you could just basically take, a, take, a ch- take the, put it on the chalkboard, Toronto and Hamilton. Everybody else fills in around that. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I don't know if I have my notes, but I spent enough time on this, so I could probably do it off the top of my head. Okay, so, all right, here we go. So, the Argos are three and two so far. They have 13 games remaining, mm-hmm. okay? There's just four against the West, and there's four against the Tiger Cats. Okay, so again, I think four of the next six are against the Tiger Cats. Right. So we're they gonna... have they have Ottawa this week, and then August is home against the Tiger Cats at Tiger Cats. Right. Home, home against the Stamps. Home against the Tiger Cats at the Tiger Cats. So right. Four four out of five. Once they hit Tiger, once they hit Hamilton, it's Hamilton with a with a break for Calgary, which. Well, doesn't seem like isn't a, a break. Yeah, uh, isn't really a break. No, and a, the funny it, thing is, is they got Ottawa this week, and then at the other end of this whole mess, they've got Ottawa, Ottawa. Oh, this is good. It's like a triple decker sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, the schedule is all, and then three straight. Against it the, makes and then, and then three straight against the West, and then Montreal, Montreal. Right, and that's key too. That's key to the East is that weird schedule with Montreal in the last two games of the season uh right okay so again hamilton has those four uh hamilton toronto are four games coming up pretty soon so we can take those as a block okay so we're going to play this real conservative we're going to say let's say toronto takes two of those okay and then we're gonna if if now now this is being conservative if toronto takes two of those okay the best Hamilton can do after that is 11 and seven. That's the best they can do. And that seems pretty freaking unlikely. Right. Okay. So anyway, let's talk about Toronto. All right. So, so that we're putting them two and two against Hamilton. Let's say they go one and three against the West because they have a game against Edmonton, right? There's two against Calgary, one against BC, I think at BC. Nope. And then, home against BC. Oh, home against BC. Okay. Yep. So, well, all right. We're going to give them one of those four. Right. Yeah, we're being conservative, being conservative, probably win two, but let's say, okay. So that's six and seven. Okay. Before the three games against Ottawa, the two against Montreal. So if Ottawa loses to Toronto next week, the best that they can do is 11 and seven. Okay. And right. that would require, of course, an 11 game winning streak. Okay. So let's say that happens. <laughs> let's say, Let's say Hamilton and Ottawa both go on pace for 11 and seven. 
Okay. Well, so then, I, I'm sure they can't. I'm sure they play each other at some point. Oh, yes. They would have to. Okay. But I wasn't really figuring for that. Okay. So I guess. Well, let's see. Give me just a second. I'll the get The best you that there. they could do then is 10 and 6. Because I think they ten, play each other. 10 and 8, right? Ten and um, eight, yep. Because they, they, the last two games. Right. There's only two games. Hamilton right. Ottawa. Right. So, so in any case, the, the best so if they, they are. So if they both go nuts and then split against each other, they're both 10 and eight. Right. So 10 and eight is, is wow. <laughs> you know, we're, we're playing conservative Toronto. Uh, that's the best they can do. All right. So at that, in that case, with these scenarios in place, if that happens, Toronto going into week uh, 19 and that back-to-back with Montreal would be seven and nine. And Montreal would be at best six and ten. Okay. <laughs> so the point here is that, well, there are there are a few things we can glean from this. Hamilton and Ottawa are in serious trouble. Okay. Hamilton to have any realistic chance of of of, of any you know second place in the east is gonna have to win three out of four. I think against Toronto, I would say that's a fair assessment, even without doing the math. Yeah, I think they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to. I think just, but just purely mathematically, that's the only way they're going to get second place because there's too many other games against the East here and they're just dug themselves too big a hole. So really coming back to real life, (laughs) Montreal has a pretty good deal here with this schedule because more or less they have their own fate in they have their fate in their own hands as far as that number two is concerned right yeah they're a game up on hamilton and there are a couple of games up on ottawa so and they don't have to face the big bad argos until the end of the season so now they have winnipeg for a couple of games but geez well i guess winnipeg i guess we can't say that winnipeg will have anything wrapped up because i think the stamps are going to be chasing them Right. Oh, no, uh, oh. the, the, the games against the Bombers are, it's not next week, but it's still two weeks after that. Winnipeg won't have anything wrapped up at that point. So, mm-hmm. okay. so, so yeah. So basically, Montreal is just going to have to take care of business against the East. If they can do like the minimum, if they can go, I, I believe, just a little bit over 500, they'll get second place. And it, at this point, it's going to be pretty freaking difficult for the fourth place team in the West not to cross over right and you've got three with hamilton (laughs) and three with ottawa left so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep so so it's all up to those games basically we've got it we got to win at least four of those six and then that should probably get us in probably um to the second place because i don't think third place in the east is going to make it i really don't i think it's at this point no no i mean it, it it was official after like week four it seemed like it. Well, it was quasi-official, right? <laughs> There's still a lot of West versus West, but again, that hole is... There would so have been big. a lot... There would have had to be a lot different in the last couple of weeks for yeah. that to even... We, for it's us to even be able to that. be talking yeah. about it, and we're yeah. not, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if Toronto had beaten Saskatchewan two weeks ago, we still couldn't talk about that because they're obviously going to win the East. Um, right, okay. So let's talk next week for which you are at home on your couch. Uh, We lead off again with Montreal. Montreal Alouettes, and I find this a bit insulting, three-point underdogs at Hamilton. Now, come on. 
Hamilton hasn't won at home in a long time. <laughs> yeah. They were getting booed last week, too. Yeah, they have a reputation of being able to win at home. And when they're good, they do. But they're not good right now. So, oh, no, yeah, they, this, the, 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 the TD mystique, the, 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 the Tim Horton mystique is, is done. It's done. That hasn't now, been in Now, to be fair, you were saying that like in the season, they, they, they went like eight and one at home, too. So, <laughs> Well, I thought the mystique was off. It's back off. It's back off. They polished it up. They polished, but no, it's got it's gotten tarnished again. So I'm kind of insulted by this. Um, I, I realize that Hamilton is probably due a, a win, and of course, you know, I already painted this as a if not a must win, it's a really, really should win for the Alouettes. But why not? Why not? Why, why not believe that the Alouettes won't go like swaggering idiots into this game after scoring 40 points and winning last week? I'll take the Alouettes straight up. I have to remember who I even picked in this one. Hang on. <laughs> oh, you already filed your picks. Wow. You're oh, yeah, yeah. Usually I do it on Mondays these days just so I can have a sense of what's coming up. Um, I said Hamilton. So there we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I lack the faith and I lack the faith in Montreal being able to take a positive situation and keep it that way right now. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So does Hamilton score more than we expect, or does Montreal score less than we expect? Probably less. I mean, Hamilton, Hamilton's well coached defensively. They just have been making the plays and have been getting to the yeah. quarterback. I mean, losing Jagger yeah. Davis, I mean, that's gonna hurt a lot. Yeah. But I think I, I think they can make a, a, enough plays on defense, taking the ball out of the air, maybe getting some push enough to make Trevor Harris uncomfortable. And if they could do that, I think they can I think they can win the ballgame. We'll see. I mean, that would be a bit of a turn. I mean, they haven't been very good at turnovers or pass rush all season. No, and that's something they've been great about. And then this yep. year's just not there. Yep. I don't nope. understand. Yep. Yep. Uh, next game, BC Lions just point and a half favorites. Obviously, the book was not very happy with their performance last week at Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, now, as we record this, it is Wednesday, the 27th probably for the 28th release. Uh, Cody Fajardo has not been doing workouts uh, during practice. He's questionable for this game right now. So, and on top of this, you know, who knows what kind of COVID situation they have there, you know, don't know who's going to be on the roster this week. I, uh, I think this might be the lean part of the season for the riders. And I'm going to take the lions minus that point and a half at Saskatchewan. This pick is contingent on Fajardo playing, but if he plays, I think the Riders win. Mm. BC got off to a really, 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 really hot start. The first two games, they look like they could beat anybody. But then the next three at Ottawa came away with a win, looked like a veteran team playing a maybe their B game, maybe their C game, but still coming out with a win. And then the Bombers blew the doors off. I mean, they kept competing. They kept trying to keep it close. But the Bombers were just like, nope, we got this and ran away with it. And then they hosted Hamilton, who we've been talking about just not doing much. And if they're on the road, they lose that ball game, I'm sure. So, 
they haven't been it feels like they've been coming down like a straight downward trajectory over the past month Rourke's had Rourke's had a few games now where teams have got tape on him they may have under they may now understand what his strengths are what his weaknesses are and are better able to game plan for that we'll see what adjustments Rourke makes he works very hard he's a good talented young quarterback but he's going to go through some learning, a learning curve. He's going to go through some growing pains and that's what's happening right now. And I, and Saskatchewan's defense played, played their asses off last week. They, they kept the team in the game for 59 and a half minutes when that team had no business being in the game. So I think Saskatchewan's got enough tricks up their sleeve. As long as they have some sort of offensive production going to win this ballgame. Hmm. See, last week, <laughs> you didn't like the Riders because you thought Fajardo was not going to be 100%. Now, I believe... He's I not and he's not going to be. But right. it sounds like, he, as far as I can tell, he's at least going to play. And I don't okay. fear... I don't fear BC's pass rush as much as I do Toronto's because Toronto's been... A fantastic defensive line. We're not talking nearly enough about how good that defensive line is. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've been really good this year. I, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I can kind of see your reasoning, but I don't, I don't trust Fajardo in this game either. I mean, I might be mistaken, but I thought he was on the COVID list too. So he came so. off the COVID list on Sunday, but he came off yeah, the I list know. on Sunday. So they didn't start him because he had, not practice all week oh i see i right. see so he's off the covid list but he hadn't practiced all week hadn't been around hadn't been able to prepare so they weren't going to just throw him out there and say go play hmm. 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 i'm not sure i like the injury and then the covid list and then the not practicing this week either I'm not sure i like that too much but uh all right here we go game number three was the game of the week a couple of weeks ago could be the game of the week again this week. I know you haven't seen this line yet, Joe, so I'll have you guess Winnipeg Blue Bombers at Calgary Stampeders. What do you think the line is? They're going to give Calgary like two points, aren't they? Okay. This one's a pick em, Okay. Which I think is a great line. <laughs> great line for this game. This may change. Um, Calgary games, for some reason, tend to fluctuate on the line a little bit this year. So, we're going to see. I think at game time, it won't be a pick em anymore. But uh, I guess the big news for me or the big rumor or whatever is that uh, Kadeem Kadeem, Kadeem Carey has missed two days of practice um, so far this week. Again, I don't know how relevant these things are, but it's a note. Uh, I think it's about time for Winnipeg to lose. I think Calgary's coming off the bye week. I think Winnipeg had to work hard last week. I'll take the stamps. Okay. Calgary coming off the bye week. It's a really good reason to pick Calgary. Winnipeg being on the road a whole bunch and getting nicked up is a really good reason to pick Calgary. On the other hand, I kind of fell into that trap on the BC game. So I'm not going to do it this time. I got Winnipeg and you know, what's what's even better is I've got Ryan Ballantyne from horseman. Right. Right. So all right, guys, there, there was a, there was talk of, him lining up with all stamps and you lining up with all bombers. So you're going to go through with it. We'll see. I haven't decided yet. 
But it's on the table. It absolutely is on the table. I could make it work. Mm. I think you should cheat and take Harris. I think you should get Andrew Harris in there and all the rest can be bombers, but I think you should cheat and take him as an honorary bomber. Uh, right. Okay. Um, taking the bombers to win. Wow. I'll tell you what, if the bombers do win this game, you can give them the East, you know, uh, the West barring a disaster because that's two games in hand against Calgary. So, but there's also a lot of season left too. So, Oh yeah, of course, but that's a big advantage. And man, if everything stays the same, yada, yada, yada. Well, yeah, but when geez. does that ever happen, though? Yeah, but jeez, you know, you wait for not so everything much... was flowing so nicely in 2019 and everything was great. And then Matt Nichols goes down and it was like six weeks to eight weeks of, oh, my God, are we even going to make the playoffs at this point? <laughs> yeah. And, but then see... they, and then they got a guy named. Zach Kalaros and everything was right. better again. That's the thing. The thing about the Bombers and often with the stamps in recent years is you're not so much waiting for the wheels to come off as just, you know, like maybe like a screw or two to come loose, but not even that happens. Not even that happens. So it's like, you know, I th- I've given up like, like, like playing chicken little with those two teams. I just assume they're just going to win out at this point, except against each other. All right, last game. We're capping the week with Ottawa Red Blacks, just a five-point underdog at Toronto. Kind of surprised at this, too. I guess, again, the book is is, is uh, skeptical about Toronto's performance last week, as you were, Joe. But I think Toronto is going to win this game. Maybe the Blacks will cover the five, but I don't know. I'll, I'll take Toronto for the win, though. Me too. I, I don't see any reason to pick Ottawa until they show us they can actually put it yeah. all together for a game. I think they're going to win like three or four games this year, especially since they probably have a whole bunch. But <laughs> in Montreal, they're, they're going to take at least one from Montreal just because that's the way that that probably. Works. Yeah. And maybe probably. even one from Toronto just because. I mean, you're not going to, it's hard to sweep a division rival. But it would have to be this week for the sake of Ottawa's season. It would have to be this week. They're gonna have they gotta win that game this week. I don't think they do though. They did they've just shown no ability to make the big plays when it counts. If they lose this one, pressure will be off. And I think I suspect you may be right. That may be when they start winning because yeah, then the, they'll go on a roll, right? Yeah. The reality is gonna set in and it'll be just like, oh, oh well, all right, we're playing for the draft. And then now. as soon and as soon as they're in striking distance again, well, they've got they've got the stamps next next week. So I don't I don't think that's gonna be a great one for me to sit there and watch, but I'm gonna enjoy it anyway. But then they get Edmonton, Edmonton, Montreal, Toronto, Toronto. I wouldn't go to sleep. We're not supposed to be looking a week ahead. but I wouldn't go to sleep on the Ottawa-Calgary game in week nine being good because Calgary could be especially shagged out after that Winnipeg game. And, you know, that's, in these CFL games, that happens, it seems, often. You know, where the two the heavyweights will go It's at also it. a short week for Ottawa. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. So um, in any case, okay. All right. Well, Joe, you won't be here next week. I will be here next week. The Ruse White Blue will be here next week. Bon voyage. Yep. And also just, just for the record, I am picking Winnipeg in the game in two weeks. So. <laughs>
<laughs> What's your record? What's Winnipeg's record at games you have seen? All games. Well, let me count. Um, so I started out with three Labor Days in a row, so that was a bad idea. Actually, <laughs> it was a fine idea for for experience sake, but to see Winnipeg win, no, not so much. Okay, 0-4 because it was in Hamilton. So I, I followed up three Labor Days with in Hamilton, so that was a smart move too. Um, nothing in 16. 17 was Banjo, 1-4. 1 and 5 the next year banjo 2 and 5 3 and 5 from this year oh yeah and then a gray cup so 4, four and 5 okay but it's been in the last 5 years one loss so you know yeah right i'll take that yeah well you'd have to be pretty unlucky if you went 4 and 5 in the last 5 years <laughs> that would be no i would the say odds. the four, the four loss i started out 0 and 4 and then it's been 4 and 1 ever since so but it was in Regina, in Regina, in Regina, in Hamilton, which isn't a isn't a great recipe for success. Right, it's a it's a murderous row for the opposition. <laughs> in any case, all right, Joe. Well, have a great time. I'm sure you will. And for the listeners, we will be back next week at Rouge White and Blue. I'm Oz Davis for my co-host Joe Pritchard. Enjoy the games. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.